Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see, where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty Divine Creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the Mother, and the Child. Amen. Mut Kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. to you. I am April Diane, your host for today, and I just want to remind you to check on and you can listen to all the past shows. Last show was um, we were talking about the success, being successful in marriage, and we had an awesome couple on sharing about their wisdom from their marriage experience. It was a really nice show. Um and so, yeah, visit queenstandup.com to check it out. Today, we are actually finding your voice as a leader. So the question is, has leadership come knocking at your door and answered? If so, perhaps now you are faced with finding your voice as a leader. Our guest host, is actually the author of Finding Your Voice as a Leader, Paul Larson. And he understands the critical values one must have to endure the role of a leader. His intention in his coaching practice is to help us create a persuasive vision to get the outcomes we desire as leaders. He also will educate us on how to build relationships with influence and credibility by positioning us with the necessary skills of making decisions that reveal our courage and ability to take a stand. And 
With that in mind, I'd like, while we bring Paul on, I'd like to share with you a little clip um, from a very well-known judge, and see, uh, Judge Judy, and her take on leadership from a woman's perspective. So let's stay tuned and listen to what Judge Judy has to say. I think that women can be respected and liked at the same time. There's a new book that came out, and I'm not hawking the book, even though she's a dear friend of mine. The book is called Leading Lady, and it's a biography of Sherry Lansing, who was the first female president of a major motion picture movie studio. She's probably the most beloved woman in Hollywood who would think nothing of cutting you off at the knees in a negotiation, but she did it in a way with a... She did it in a way that you almost felt as if it felt good when you left the office. If you pick up the book, pick up the book, it really exemplifies what I'm saying to you. You demand your worth. You have to excel. You never make a threat that you're not prepared to back up. When I, if I said to my company, if I don't get what's on this little card that I want for the next three years, I'm leaving. I can do this myself without you. And they believe me. I'm not going to tell you whether I would have done it or not. <laughs> but they believe me because I could have. And I had that kind of confidence. So you can only have that kind of confidence if you make yourself indispensable at your job, whatever your job is, whether you're someone's secretary or assistant or dentist or hairdresser or my makeup artist is invaluable to me, not because somebody else couldn't do my makeup, but she has a great spirit. So when I come into work, she's, she gets me going. So she's made herself irreplaceable. So whatever she asks, we give her. And that gives you confidence. So you can be liked and respected. But if I had to, to choose between being liked and being respected, I would choose being respected. That was such a powerful message. I love that message so much. So short, but such a powerful message. Being liked versus being respected. Hi, Paul. How are you? April, April, April. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? I am amazing. So glad to hear your voice today. Yes, yes, yes. How is, uh, are, you, are you dry and warm where you are? <laughs> I am. <laughs> How about you? Is it, is it wet there? It is wet, but it's 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 absolutely fine. Um, I, I must say, your voice is coming through with a nurturing and a warmth to it. So I was thinking, no matter where you are, no matter what the what the polar vortex might be doing this morning to all of us, you at least are coming through with that warmth that I think you want to project. So just so you know, that's, that's how it's being impacted. Oh, that's awesome. So my, (laughs) and that is a part of my, me and my voice as a leader is to, is to have that warmth feeling. Um, What did you think about judge Judy's message today in regards to leadership? One of the things that she said I really feel like it relates to our topic today of finding your voice as a leader. She said, make yourself invaluable. She said, know your worth. And she said, be respected over being liked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, First of all, there are, for me, there's no coincidences. Um, I think we, we are, we all have reasons for, for, for discovering our own voices and, I'm saying that because when you said you were going to play a clip of Judge Judy, she's one of the icons I use as a leader, a mentor. Um, so it's ironic that you used one of her clips because I, I look at her as somebody who um, knows her worth, certainly uses her voice for good, and has an assertiveness and a confidence that comes right out. So that's, I think, just brilliant. On, on, on your part regarding that. I absolutely concur with what she's saying around 
first of all, knowing your worth. Um, I think we go through life and we look for our value and we look for our worth at other places. And in today's world, mm-hmm. it's so easy, right, to, to compare. Look at social media, which has done a wonderful job of connecting us on, many, on so many levels. But at the same time, it has a way of disconnecting us from ourselves because we're looking at other people, other organizations, you know, other types of benchmarks to measure ourselves against. So we sometimes take that worth or that value and we look and project it onto other, other people. So knowing your worth and then understanding how you actually bring out that worth, how you author your potential, how you author your voice so that you are bringing value to whatever situation you're in. But it starts with knowing your worth. Um, in order to garner your own like and respect to yourself. Mm, I love that so much, Paul. And I think what a better way to exemplify that you know your worth than being willing to walk away. And that, you know, that's one of the things that she she talked about is you have to be willing to walk away. Like you can't make a demand or say, I'm going to do this and then not, Um, act on it because it's saying that you know I have an idea that I'm worth something to you but I don't I don't value it enough so that's important what you said about value like you you can know your worth and that's great that's half of it you're halfway there but you also have to value your worth as well and I think that that a big part of valuing your worth is being willing to have the courage to take a stand and to walk away because if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And it's not so much that people don't believe that you're worth it. They just know that you don't really value how much you're worth it. So they will take advantage of your not being able to stand in knowing your worth. You're absolutely. Or valuing um, your worth rather. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People will know that. They sense it, and then you will project it in in your presence, in your communication, whatever that might be, right? Um, What what she is talking about and then what you are are defining even more more in depth is boundaries. You have to Mm. know your boundaries um, because boundaries create worth. Think about it. When when you draw a line around anything, either a a fictional line or a line that's actually a a line on a piece of paper – the, the value is what's in that line. It's what's contained in that circle, that square, or whatever you might, might draw. That's what a boundary does. And we know when we cross over our boundaries or when we compromise our boundaries, mm. and so do other people, right? Yeah. And being yeah. able, to your point, being able to walk away is saying, wow, you know, I, I have a value here, and you know what? This just may not work out. There may not be alignment with my value and what your need is, so whatever, whatever the situation is. So I am going to walk away from this, um, and that is setting your boundaries up for your values. It's setting your boundaries up for, for who you are and your courage to be able to walk away, and that's what really the definition of boundaries are, and I think in today's world – Boundaries have become so transparent and or non-existent for some people that, that that's where the value just is diluted. And, and even though they mm. might think they have a value, it just disappears. That's powerful, Paul, because, you know, we talk about being concepts, but actually practicing them does take a – you have to build the muscle. Um, it does take a level of courage and it is quite uncomfortable. Oh, you just nailed it. You just nailed, you know, you just nailed sort of the instructional manual manual about how it will feel um, mm. to actually establish your value, establish your boundaries. Um, it it takes courage. It takes a very deliberate focus, um, mm-hmm. and it and it will feel uncomfortable in coaching. Um, we coach when the, the the coaching that I practice and the coaching that I've always been successful with in terms of the coaching I've received in my life 
from the many coaches I've had, both from a formal relationship and informal relationship. Coaching takes you from current environment to future, current to future. Mm. The past Mm. is really not part of coaching. The past is things we cannot change. The past Mm. is where we kind of put our anchors about, oh, I can't do that. That's the way it's always been done. That's who I am. Um, I've always been this way. We hear that all the time with people. We hear it all the time with organizations. Oh, we don't do it that way. We've always done it this way. That's the past. Coaching really focuses on what are you doing today, Sunday, right? What are you doing today, Monday? And what do you want to do tomorrow? And then then it requires a very deliberate focus on what steps, small, small steps, do you want to take to go from your purpose to your outcome so you get that desired vision of change. And the other thing too, April, is, we live in such a state of um, and, and a world of huge events, huge change. But really, to really make change as humans, we'd have to take very small pivots, very small finesses of our, of our mm. judgments, of our thinking, and then behavior. But we, have, we live in a world where everything is big and everything has to have like, like sign up for this or do this. And, 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 you know, and, it, it, and it's a huge, big, large change when in fact mm. to really, really change, it's a series of small steps. I totally agree. I really do. And I think that it's most effective when you take the steps in a small way because you – you can adjust, you can, sh- you shift more. It's an, it's a nicer transition for you when you take the steps small in your everyday life, you know, it's more of like, you know, you're practicing for the big show. Um, exactly. So. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> it's a dress rehearsal. It's a it dress is, rehearsal yeah. for that big show. And you, and you design the big show so you can debut that big show whenever it is. So you can have as many right. dress rehearsals as you love. I, I love that. That is that is a brilliant analogy. In fact, if it's okay, I'm gonna I'll borrow it and absolutely give credit to you. That's like that's just like I love that. Um, oh, you got you it. No a, credit necessary. <laughs> totally. Dress <laughs> big show. Mm-hmm. My um, mm-hmm. you think of a baby, right? You think of a baby, and ba- we call them baby steps for a reason. If you think of yeah. a baby start to walk they don't they don't jump out of their crib and start to like jump around the the room um they take little baby steps they're they're helped by their parent um or 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 somebody Mm. a, a loving a loving guardian right to help them walk they fall they try to get back up they're supported but they're they're called baby steps for a reason because they keep going until they actually accomplish the big show which is being able to walk on their own. Well, that's a really great analogy for what we yeah. have to do to change. And and I also believe the change has to start with our own worldview. You know, we can try to change behavior and we can we can we can easily go out and and change the way we do something even physically, but mm-hmm. if you're not changing your worldview inside, um you're not going to have that support that the baby has when she or he is trying to walk. So think of it that way. We need to support ourselves in any kind of change, and that support starts with our worldview, our own thinking, our own judgment. Mm, so there's a, there's quite a bit of, of contemplation and introspection that has to be done um, while you practice, basically, behind the scenes is what I'm hearing oh, from you. Absolutely. Um when I work, first of all, when I work on myself, on anything that I want to improve or anything that I want to pivot um, or change or finesse, and when I work with clients as a, as, as a coach, um, and even when I work with just, my, you know, kind of in relationships with, with friends and so forth, um, mm-hmm. I always look, I always ask to say, you really are, have, have made a statement that you want to make some alterations here. You want to pivot. You want to change. How coachable mm. are you, and how do you know? And that mm. tells me a lot about their level of self-awareness in, in their ability mm. to understand 
I do want to make this change. This is how I know. And I think I'm coachable to this degree. And I listen for, um, I listen for their own sort of diagram of how, mm-hmm. of how they think they are coachable in which to change. Because if you're not coachable or you haven't really thought about it, the change may not stick, and more than likely, the change mm. won't stick. You you have to change you have to change the mind first, the mindset first. Absolutely, it brings us to our title: finding your voice as the leader. You talk about pivoting. You know, you, we talked about practice, tweaking, evolving, and those are all of the things that I think about when I hear the word finding. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. when I think about knowing, you know, what you said in regards to understand, knowing what your world view is, what you value, like it's an explore, it's an exploratory process. You're discovering it. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exploratory and discovering your whole life. If you really think about it mm-hmm. and what you've just, what you've just diagrammed is we have to be in a sort of constant state of curiosity and exploration, mm. which means we have to be open. We have to be. We have to have what they call a growth mindset versus a fixed mm. mindset. Um, and and without going into you know, we don't have to look very far in our in our world to see fixed mindsets. I think that's part of the the you know what what happens in our in our in our communities is. Um, when people have a lot of fixed mindsets that they're not open to even looking at another viewpoint or another worldview, they begin to talk louder. Their voice gets louder. Well, we know that louder doesn't make it more easier to understand, right? Mm. All, 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 all that happens is people start speaking louder or yelling with their same fixed mindset. And that's what we end up with, mm. I think, in a, in a lot of our discourse that's going on a growth mindset is one where you is one where you need you sit and you think okay what are some things i could think about differently on this i don't have to agree or even like using judge judy's analogy you don't even have to like the individual or like their opinions but let's say i respect that what would it take for me to think about another way of doing this another worldview um, learning from from somebody else, learning from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's all. Those are all hallmarks of a growth mindset. But you, in order to really find your true calling, your value, as we talked about, your voice, you have to be open to the possibilities. And if you're mm-hmm. not open, if you're closed, you have the fixed mindset. Then it doesn't matter who you're talking to, what coach you have. How many how many wonderful um, um, radio shows and podcasts like you, you know, like yours that you listen to on Blog Talk Radio that it doesn't matter it, because you have a fixed mindset you're not going to change. Wow, fixed mindset. When I see when I see that, I think about what, I mean, the question that came to mind for me is why do you think, Paul, people are not open? Uh, fear. Mm. Fear. A lot of times it's okay. fear of the unknown. It's fear okay. of, if you think about, you look at, you look at, you look at people that, that potentially are exhibiting fixed mindsets. They refuse to change. Um, it has to be this way. Think about people in your life. Think about people you have interacted with think about um things we've seen on uh, certainly on on media online and so forth these are people who come out of a potentially come out of a place of fear i don't know for a fact because i don't know them individually but the people but the people but the people i have interacted with and that includes myself that includes myself when i've been in situations where i don't want to change i want it to continue going the same way it's because it's fear of the unknown, which goes back to what you said earlier about stepping out of our comfort zone, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. And yeah. <laughs> how, how many, you know, and think about it, April. How many people walk down the street wearing a sandwich board saying, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable? <laughs> most, most people, you know, 
most people in their lives aren't going to do that, right? And but the people mm-hmm. that get a, get get more comfortable being uncomfortable are then open to the potential of experiencing something different. And that's what you want. That's it's that little opening. It's that little the little light and you know you talked you talked about that sort of at the beginning the light and the, the wonderful prayer you have at the beginning that that really focuses and, and and has people being very deliberate with their gratitude and their compassion it's that light and that's mm-hmm. what people need and if they have mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. then the door could be opened a little more and a little more and as a coach that's what mm-hmm. we look for we look for we look yeah. for that opportunity to expand that. Mm-hmm. Mhm, mhm. I love that. Um, when I think about that, you know, being uncomfortable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, it reminds me about the the level of self awareness concept that you mentioned, and being mm-hmm. how how important it is. Be learning to be uncomfortable and growth in general is connected with (laughs) the level of self-awareness that we have. Because when we get those moments, which I like to call opportunities for change, when we Mm -hmm. get those moments, we have to be fully present in order to allow, to, to practice the change and to gain the wisdom from the experience as opposed to shutting down and going into fear mode. The reverse of that is, being present with the feelings, feeling them, trusting the process, and saying, you know what, I'm open <laughs> to something new happening. Right, right. Yeah. You, you just touched on something that, that is probably key and is, is a hallmark. Again, your OFC, as you call it, your opportunity yes. for change. I love that. And if you are living in a fixed rigid mindset you will never know if you have OFCs they will come and go because that's not part of your awareness you have to be very deliberate and look to say okay is this an OFC is this an opportunity for change and you look back on let's just take a a a day in our lives right you look back at the end of the day as you as you begin to to kind of wind down what OFCs, what opportunities for change did I have today? Did I take mm-hmm. any? Did I just let them mm-hmm. pass by? Which is a deliberate choice too. That's that's you know we, can't, we all sometimes we have so many opportunities for change we can't do can't do them all. <laughs> but it's a deliberate awareness. That's what you said. You know yes. that's exactly what it is. But think about an assessment. Th- absolutely. Yeah, as, an an assessment. Mm-hmm. So you may not be able to catch them all throughout the day, but you can you can revisit them later on, you know, and come right, exactly. up with some sort of a solution. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, you know, well, to your point, have you ever like been in 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 a in a you know a supermarket or um, on a bus or I take you know I I, I when I'm on the subway here in the Bay Area. And sometimes mm-hmm. you, you run into people, you interact with people, you see somebody, and it triggers something. So a trigger, a mm-hmm. trigger, when we perfect have a reaction, perfect mm-hmm. opportunity. That's an OFC right there. Mm-hmm. And I look to say, is this an opportunity for me to change something? It could be my judgment. It could be a thought. It could be something I might say. Or it could be like no, maybe I maybe maybe it's just a, a a behavior that I that I want to change or or what have you, but it, something triggers in you a reaction, yeah. a thought, and then that's what that could be is what is an is an opportunity for change. So we run into this all the time as we go about our daily lives, but it's up to us to say, is this an OFC that I want to work on right now, or right do I now, kind of right. put that away? And and, and, mm-hmm. and use it later. Right. There to understand and be able to identify um, opportunities for change. And one of the most important things that comes up for me as a characteristic for those opportunities is the uncomfortableness factor. <laughs> it's right. a moment right. where you're super uncomfortable. 
um, well, maybe not super, but they're, they're most of the time you're, you're pretty um, uncomfortable. You have to, to think. But, but what makes it so priceless and what makes it an opportunity is your level of awareness during the moment. And so, so, so many times we're so busy trying to distract ourselves or fear is trying <laughs> to push us away from it, right? that we can miss those opportunities. And I'm a firm believer that when what you ask, it is given. You know, when you ask for growth, you ask, you know, to, <laughs> to learn a lesson or to strengthen a muscle, you're given experiences that will support that desire. So as a leader, in order to, like, when you're finding your voice, you have to realize that you're going to be given those opportunities to find your voice and, 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 you know, they're going to come just consistently. So um, embrace them, you know, embrace Absolutely. them. And, and because this is when you're getting your, your, your chance to practice what you, your, your values and your beliefs. Um, tell us, exactly. Paul, what, 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 can we, what, what can our listeners expect to find in your text, Finding Your Voice as a Leader? Well, it's 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 part. You know, the 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 book is kind of a, a a labor, as we as we like to say in life sometimes, right? A labor of love. So mm. I found mm-hmm. it really is sort of. It's not a. It's not a. I'm not going to bore people with my story in the book, so to speak. But it's dedicated to my sister, my late sister, who really okay. kind of just kicked me in the behind to get out Mm. there and get my message out. And if I want to look for somebody to your point, um, who, who always looked for her opportunities for change, she was an incredible person in her community. She was an incredible person in her faith. She was an incredible person in her, in her leadership in life and her business and so forth. And she ran a, she ran a company on her own. She ran, she had seven children, um, she had a full-time uh-huh. job. Um, she had a, a, a wonderful, you know, husband and and so forth. But but she led that organization along with many, many, many grandchildren, and so she was able to to talk about a leader. So my book is a combination of sort of a, a narrative around how do you actually go about finding your voice using the the components of my model, which I've used in my life, which are values for B, your outcomes for O, uh, demonstrating your influence for I, stepping out of Mm. your comfort zone or showing your courage for C, and Mm. then lastly, but not least at all, crafting your overall expression for E. Um, That's your legacy. That's your brand. That's what walks in the room before you do, right? That's that presence Mm. that that you have. Maybe some people might be an extroverted presence, and for some people it might be a more quiet introverted presence. But it's that expression of who you are and what you are bringing. Going back to what you said earlier, going back to what you are bringing into the value of life what you value, and that, that is who you are. That's that essence. So V-O-I-C-E. And then I have um, – the book is set up to be kind of a workbook, lots of uh, kind of some journaling, some good questions, leads people through sort of a, a, a nice uh, kind of a, a, a diagram that's very easy to follow. Believe me, if I wrote the book, and I did, <laughs> it's going to be easy to follow. It's it's going to mm. be it's it's going to be street smart versus more the academic, um, which I respect completely. But where I come mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. it's much more. It has to be much more real because that's how I have to understand it. So that's what's in the book, and that's what's in the text, and that's that's how I live my life, and um, that's how I continue to 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 live my life and really. I pay homage to my sister who, who, is, mm-hmm. who did such wonderful work and left such a wonderful legacy before she transitioned that it was like, that's, who, that's how I found my voice. Wow. I think it's phenomenal um, that you were able to keep her legacy of excellence and courage going through your work. What a, you know, a, what a great way to just, you know, keep her spirit alive. That's awesome. Oh, I call it, um, awesome. April, I call it hashtag 
big sister wisdom. <laughs> oh, she, yeah. Yay. She um, she 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 had so many. She had so many practices and skills and behaviors that she just exhibited on a on a consistent basis to create sort of her own brand of leadership of and one of her okay. one of her most one of her one most wonderful sort of mantras was service is the best love mm. language and that's what mm. she lived and if you think about today's leadership and mm-hmm. how we should be as leaders in any facet mm-hmm. of our lives we should mm-hmm. be in service to others and Absolutely. i think we sort yeah, I think we miss that sometimes in today's environment because it's it can be very egocentric, very you know totally. versus being the the you know, and it's okay to have an ego. Ego can can provide us confidence. It can provide us yeah, the DNA, but it's not all about me. It's not all about I. I am in service to others, and mm-hmm. I ask myself that too. How am I in service to others today? And how am I in service to myself today? Because you, you, mm-hmm. it goes back to what you said earlier. We have to value ourselves before mm-hmm. our value will be projected to others. And I think you just hit it right on the head as to why um, leadership is going through the, the struggle and the challenge that it's facing right now um, in terms of having an apt amount of leaders out there is because so many people they're serving, but they're forgetting to bring themselves into that equation as well. Like, yes, um, we're here to serve, but we also have to understand that we matter too in that because we're the vessel that the service is being brought through. So a big key um, establish a, a, a big key. Um, I want to say um, process, or mm-hmm. that's not really or driver word, um, for or a driver, or even um, characteristic for a leader to have is understanding how to find the balance between um, serving yourself and serving others. <laughs> Uh, there's the B, <laughs> there's another B word which is balance. Be, yeah. So we we yeah. had you know we've had boundaries, and we have now yeah. balance. And if you th- if you think of boundaries which we talked about earlier, boundaries can create balance because when you draw a line, yeah. that can create yeah. a balance, right? That's and true. what you also what you just touched on really well was it's to I call it the balance between IQ. And EQ. So mm. IQ is, of course, how smart we are, right? And it's our intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we hear about IQs a lot, and, and, and lots of people have lots of wonderful IQs and high IQs, and we, we see that demonstrated all over the place. And the EQ mm-hmm. is that emotional intelligence, and yeah. it's, it's that ability to have, be self-aware, it's the ability to have empathy for others. It's the ability to be vulnerable as a leader and, and to realize I am I, I do I can make mistakes. I will have wonderful successes. I will learn from both, but I can be humble and vulnerable. And I always say you have to have when I, especially when I work with leaders and organizations because Whatever organization people might be in, organization might be a, a formal company or it could be even your, 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 your family because that's an, certainly an organization, family and friends. Whatever mm-hmm. the organization is, it's going to have a norm of how you should behave with your IQ and your EQ, meaning some companies and certainly companies that, that, I, that I work with leaders in, they value IQ how smart you are and mm-hmm. how you demonstrate mm-hmm. that, right? And mm-hmm. then that's how you get recognized. That's how you get paid. That's how you get promoted. But you need to balance, to your point, you need to balance the IQ with the EQ to be fully functioning in service to yourself and in service to others. And so a lot of times totally. with, with leaders, yeah, 
with leaders, I can, you know, I look at some of the leaders, I wonderful people that I work with as clients, and they're incredibly smart. You know, they have degrees and life degrees that 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 I would only like think about. They was like, oh my gosh. But when I look at their EQ, they haven't earned that degree yet. They haven't mm. gone to that school yet, or they might still be in high school around the EQ. They haven't gotten to the university level, or they haven't gotten to the life level out on the streets where you really can practice your EQ. And that's what I work with them on is how do you develop mm. more of that. And that's what you're talking about with self-awareness. Yeah. And, and, Two things came to mind when you were saying that. Like, <laughs> I feel like when you develop your EQ, which I've found a new name for, put a pin in that. But when you develop <laughs> your EQ, um, you tap, you connect more with loyal, more loyal team players. If you are connected to your EQ, like people will, because you know you bring your human side to the equation, right? You. Um, you mm-hmm. remember people's birthdays or you send, you know, you just do the little things or, you, you know, you check in with people and ask how they're doing, um, that type of stuff. When, when stuff hits the fan, you know, um, <laughs> those loyal team players will be there to back you up. But if you've been constantly just moving through just your intellectual, you know, in, intellectual cue, your, your IQ, mm-hmm. um, then people are just, they're really just business, straight business mode. They don't want to hear your sob stories or what's going on in your life. They don't want to hear any of that. They want to know, can you connect the dots? Can you make things happen? Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. you really kind of have to train people to bring that human side um, into your organization, especially if, you know, you're a grassroots movement or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever type of leadership, especially if, if it's an intimate circle of people that you're connecting with and you don't want a high turnover, <laughs> you know, exactly. You got to exactly. check on how people feel. I well, was thinking you, the, the thing that, yeah, I was thinking to change EQ instead of emotional intelligence to ego intelligence. <laughs> I know exactly. It, 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 we can, we can, you, you nailed it. We could replace the E with so many things. You're absolutely right. Right. It's that, it's that ability. And I even like to even add another one with the E, we talk about ego so much, and if you think about ego, it's like people standing on top. I am the best, and blah, 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 and, e- mm. and the overuse of ego is arrogance, right, and in, in, in arrogant behavior, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it's that fixed mindset is what it is. But yeah. another word is you also want to practice your eco, E-C-O, meaning you oh. want to be in the ecology of your landscape. Think about Think about your landscape that you live in, um, your family, your friends, your organization. If you're on top of them as an ego, you're not within them in the ecology, walking with them, collaborating with them, getting to know them that you just said, right? Understanding their vulnerabilities, developing those trusting relationships, and what Judge Judy said around respect as well, the respectful relationships. They might lead yeah. to friendships and being liked, but that's not always, as she said, that's not always the, the main agenda. You want to establish trust and respect, and that's what leaders who have, who have that EQ are able to do. To your point, it, and it's how you garner influence. You don't influence people because you stand on top of them or they report to you on an org chart with a, with a, with a line they have to they have to follow your orders quote unquote then influence is being able to get people to do things that don't necessarily report to you or they don't they don't necessarily have a a, a direct line to you but they we want to follow you because of who you are your credibility your expression your presence that's all about eq that's exactly what you said around how you develop that does that take more time absolutely Absolutely. But that's the whole yeah. point is, is developing that, that EQ. And for people that come from a, from a, from a, that IQ space that could be stepping out of their comfort zone, that could be stepping Absolutely. out of their comfort it zone. Could be. It could be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because if you're in like what you talked about survival mode, you know, like you have <laughs> this mindset of there's not enough time for all of that stuff. Right. Right. There's not enough time to get to know oh, people. Yeah. You know, um, and that's like one of the biggest 
things that you're, you're operating from that point of view. But if you are out of survival mode and you're in thriving mode and you know, you know, that everything is working out, you're trusting the process. You believe that there's enough time to, you know, connect with people on a deeper level. So it's, uh, it's, it's also about, you know, it brings us back to just the level of self-awareness and what type of mode you are in. Um, one of the, the biggest things that you just helped me to discover is about value. And I was looking at your breakdown of voice and, you know, just identifying your values is one of a really great way to keep your, your IQ and your ego in check. I think that not so many people who are in survival mode, they haven't really connected with their values, not that they don't have them. It's that they, they they haven't connected with them because they part of them doesn't believe there's enough time for that, you know, and they're not operating from a model of I'm going to create my voice as a leader. <laughs> they're operating from a model of there's already an expectation of leadership, and I have to follow that. Exactly. And so to, exactly. the idea of bringing my own voice to, you know, this whole thing is like, what? I, I And it goes back to do I matter? Do I value me? Do I know my own worth? you know, as an individual. Um, but again, you helped me to understand that my value right now, I, I, the question, you sometimes just asking the question, my value is helping right. other people to shine. Like I, that's valuable to me to see, to see someone who has a gift and to be able to help them to pull it out of them, you know, to, to just to tap into that. And so everything that I do has to be centered around that, concept or that idea so I think that's a great way to help you find your voice as a leader if it doesn't fit within your value or your ability to to, <laughs> to have your value shine then it's not a part of your voice uh, you're making you're making me smile so much um, um, uh, with our dialogue because, yay yay <laughs> You just in, 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 in that brilliant narrative you just you just captured the essence of of voice and finding your value. You're absolutely it's exactly it. And you're absolutely right. How sad is it that people go through their whole lives without discovering and without doing a little bit of work on themselves to say, What do I value? Because you're absolutely right. We all have values, and by mm -hmm. identifying what those values are, we then can set up our boundaries. We then can set up our balance. We then can set up all of the things in our lives that will help us create um, success for us and realizing our potential because we know when our values have been compromised. We know that. We know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. We know what it feels mm -hmm. like because our values – Life is a series of compromises. We have to go through life, and we have to we have to understand that it's 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 we're going to be hit with lots of different things in life. So we have to understand, you know, when when we decide to sort of like go further with with a judgment or view, or like you said earlier, walk away. Um, that's that's a series of compromising um, behaviors, which can be very powerful. But we all have values, and one of the things I I, I find is always an aha for me is when I go in and I talk to, let's say, a leader in an organization. It might be a, a business or a for-profit, non-profit, it doesn't matter, but they've been leading for 20, 30 years. And I say to them, what is your philosophy on leadership? What is your, how, what is your, what is your, how do you lead? What is that model of leadership that you practice? What is your philosophy? Because mm. you've been lead, you have such a wonderful legacy. And they look at me, and they go, I have no idea. And I said, well, what's your legacy of leadership? What, what do you want? What's the imprint you want to leave on the world? What's the imprint you mm. just want to leave on your team? And they look at me and they go, I've never thought about that. And yeah. I think, wow. Yeah. And, and I think if you don't author your legacy, if you don't author that imprint, believe me, it is being authored by other people. Other people hmm. are crafting your legacy for you. So why not jump in and be deliberate, 
beginning with the identification of who you are, your values, your worth, and say, this is the legacy I want to leave. And that goes back to exactly what you said about yourself, who you are, what you do. You want to allow other people to shine. You want to make other people shine. You want to provide a roadmap for other people to shine. That is your legacy right there. That may not be your entire legacy because you have other things, but that is one of your pivotal legacies, April. Well, Some people have never identified that, and they've been working their whole lives, and they might have a great body of work, but they've never mm-hmm. done it in a deliberate fashion. And that's where that's what the voice can do is, is really at least articulate yeah. some of that and give and give people voice to who they are. Well, I, I, I feel like today you helped me to simplify it. That's when I'm looking at your breakdown of the acronym VOICE. It's, it helps me to simplify what I value, my, my outcome. You said, you know, identifying your value, establishing your outcome, wanting people to shine. What does that mean? What does that look like? Them standing in their purpose, right, doing so, mm-hmm. um, demonstrating Absolutely. my courage. You know, like that's, that's huge, like demonstrating courage, meaning – you know, um, being willing to step away if your value is compromised. You have to because otherwise you're not going to get your outcome. You know, so it does help this whole <laughs> model that you have set up here, you know, has really simplified the process of being able to find your voice. I'm on this website, by the way, everyone. It's paulinlarson.com, and you can, you, can find, you can see here what his model is uh, your, for your ability to be able to find your voice. So definitely you want to check it out because I feel like a big part of um, being successful in life is being able to simplify processes so that you can actually carry them out and demonstrate them in your everyday life. And Paul has definitely done made this process of leadership um, and finding your voice as a leader very simple for us. So thank you for this wonderful breakdown. And um, we're going to take a little break here, Paul, before we close out for the day. We're going to hear sure. my mom's going to come on and share her wisdom uh, on leadership. And so we'll be right back. Y'all know what time it is. Get ready for Miss Sandra's moment of power. Mama's on. She's dropping them jewels. Mama's on. Better listen up and you'll grow. Finding your voice as a leader. Good morning, queens and kings. There's a leader in each one of us. We just have to know when to allow her or him to be heard. We tend to get very comfortable being in the background as a leader as long as the assignment is accomplished. But what happens if the assignment is ambushed and the deadline is not missed or if the assignment doesn't get accomplished? Yep, you guessed it. The leader has to step up and take ownership, even though it was pitched as a team effort. Someone has to take the fall for the mishap. So it takes a lot of will and confidence to find the inner self-voice of a leader that we all have. The voice of a leader doesn't have to be loud, but the voice and actions have to be confident and strong. Standing on your decision, even if it goes against the crowd, giving your team the acknowledgments and praise is the voice of a leader. Working alongside and with the team is the voice of a leader. If the assignment looks like it's not gonna make it, stepping in and suggesting to revisit is the voice of a leader. Also, letting your team know that it is great to be successful, but it is also great to be unsuccessful because you get to try again. Yep, your voice as a leader can be found in your actions and should not be arrogant, but hospitable and have self-control. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. Be blessed until the next time, and happy Sunday to all. Yes, happy Sunday to you too, Mom. Thank you so much for that powerful message. There's a leader in us all. There's a leader in us all. I love that so much. Um, I love that you said that a leader has to step up. No matter what happens, a leader has to step up. And, and ultimately, that's when you really get the opportunity to shine is when things go awry. You know, like you have to make a decision. Um, and being definitive 
in your decisions uh, is so crucial as a leader. Um, strong, confident actions, looking for your value in making your decision. How you respond is so crucial. I thought that was just such a powerful message. Um, how about you, Paul? What did you take away from Ms. Sandra's moment of power? Oh, boy. Um, it was more than a moment of power. I would say it's a <laughs> lifetime of power because that her her voice definitely came through on that and and the wisdom in that voice um and the key message that you just reiterated as well of, of what your mom said was when things go wrong when we make mistakes when we fail as we will in in life how we go about learning from those mistakes how we go about taking accountability for those mistakes mm. shows everything about how we are as a leader and that's where the EQ, as we talked about, comes in because sometimes when those mistakes happen, we just might say, oh, move on, move on, move on. Um, it's your fault, your fault, point the fingers. But really, to really stand in that, learn from that, be vulnerable, and that certainly can be uncomfortable, but that is hugely showing who or we are as a leader in terms of confidence, in terms of our brand, and more importantly, in terms of our service to others. Oh, yes, that's powerful. And you know what came up for me just now, to your point, is that you, like, about the whole value aspect and your worth, when you make a mistake, how you shine in that mistake says so much about you knowing your worth beyond the mistake. You know, I remember a message that I heard <laughs> in um, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, um, where mm -hmm. she said that um, former President Barack Obama, the first time they went, you know, she met him, he was late when they were to go out on a date. And he was late. <laughs> and, you know, like, that would have been for, for you know, many women, that would have been like a red flag. Like, what the heck? Right. He's late for the first time. Who does this dude think he is? Don't he know? You know, my time is valuable. Wah, wah, wah. So, but she said, she made a point that when he showed up late, he was just as confident as if he was early. You know, she said he was just like, you know, hey, you know, I'm sorry I'm late. Um, you know, but he just knew his worth so much. I guess he just knew that overall I'm a stand-up guy. He probably was, you know, late because he was on some type, at some type of a, um, on, you know, doing some type of missionary work for his cause and purpose. And so he, he, he didn't have any, um, qualms about him being like, yeah, he was apologetic. He showed mm -hmm. up still strong and confident. I apologize that I'm late. I'm going to make up for it. Don't worry about it. Let's go. Let's go have a good time. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that that's, that exemplifies as a leader what we have to do when we make a mistake. Yeah, I messed up. Stand in your mistake. Don't try to hide from the fact that you make, made a mistake. Don't try to offer up any excuses or anything. Own it. And then come up with an action plan, you know, and move forward. That's it. That's all people it's, really expect you to do. Bingo. It's as simple. You talk about simplicity. You just nailed it with that. And and that and, and her diagram of that in her book, that is that is that's it. That's it. It's that simple. We just we don't yeah. have to go on to a huge drama thesis around why we were in that example, why we're late, the bus was late, the, the dog ate my homework, all the things that we use and excuses in life and crutches. Nope, okay, I, I messed up. I'm sorry. I, well, let's go forward and we'll figure that out. That's what leaders do. That's what true leaders do. The leader who understands the balancing the IQ with the EQ. Yes, marvelous. This was such a wonderful discussion, Paul. Um, We've, I've identified where <laughs> listeners can go to find you, Paul N. Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N.com. Um, you're going to want to go there and check out his model of his breakdown of finding your voice as a leader. You're going to want to check out his text. As he said, it is he breaks things down and makes it practical for you to use in your everyday life and help you to really shine. Uh, in in your position as leader. So I want to thank taking the time to put this text together. I want to send a spiritual shout out to your sister for all of that she poured into you to help you to become mm. the phenomenal leader that you are. 
So thank you, big sis, for your wisdom. Mm, and um, thank you. Just mm. is there, yeah, is there anything else that you would like to share with us today before we well, transition my, out? Yeah, thank you so much, April. My gratitude is just overflowing, and certainly with that wonderful spiritual call out to my big sis. Um, she continually pours that into me. I use that as a guiding principle and light for, for my life and will continue to do that. And this has just been an incredible journey with you this, this morning. And I just so, so, so appreciate that. And for all of us, life is the life that we have right now is so short. Um, we are here very temporarily. Use that time. Be very deliberate. We want your voice. It's it, Life is so short that don't waste it. The world needs your voice and that we need that right now more than ever. So that's my, that's my last takeaway message besides a wonderful gratitude. Shout out to you. Uh, thank you so much, Paul. And thank you for that message. That was really powerful. I want to thank you community. Um, all of you out there for taking the time to tune in with us today, whether you're listening via live or the replay, find your voice as a leader. <laughs> we all have to lead and some aspect of our lives. Stand in your leadership. Today's show is such a blessing. Join us next Sunday, March 10th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we discuss generating meaningful profit. Our guest host will be author Rod Wallace. To learn more about Rod, visit his website at www.rodwallacephd.com. Until next time, and always beautiful people, be blessed, and queens, stand up.